unable to understand because you bring to us the understanding that we need. So hallelujah. In the name of Yeshua, we um, agree with what's going on today. And we remind Satan he's under our feet and um, will not transgress against Yah's plan and love line today. Uh, Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. It is another beautiful day in southeastern Wisconsin. Had a little bit of rain last night. We need that natural shower every once in a while. We just need to clean them. Planet needs to be clean. Things need to be freshened up, and we're just grateful for it. Yah is always good. He always pours it out when we need it, and sometimes even when we don't. But we know that when he wakes us up, he's got a plan for each of us in mind. And we've got to figure out what that plan is. The only way that's going to happen is if we go to him and seek his face on what our marching orders are for the day. And that is pretty much kind of sort of the way we need to look at this as actual marching orders. Everybody wants to claim that they're in the army of Yeshua. Well, do we know what the orders are? Do we know where we're supposed to be focused on what we're supposed to be focused on other than just the normal routine things that we've got going on? We all have to go to work. We all have to earn an income to survive. We all, to a point, have to make do with what's there, with what we've already got going on. But we also have to come to the reality that we are king's kids. And as such, our efforts allow us to create a kingdom, small k, of our own that resembles the kingdom of Shamaim. How big can we believe that kingdom to be? What does that kingdom look like to each of us as individuals? Who are we drawing alongside us and inspiring by our actions and our attitudes to create a better kingdom, a better level of existence? That's not a prosperity gospel, but it is a gospel designed to prosper. Yes, the focus is on the condition of the inner man, the eternal. But Yah also knows that we need things here. And he promised not to leave us or forsake us. 
and his word actually confesses that he gives us the power to create wealth. So I don't think he's going to give us the power to create wealth and then deny us access to wealth. Now, while each time it mentions wealth, it isn't pre-qualified with the word material, we've already covered the fact that it needs to be secondary to who sits on the throne of our hearts. So we know that there are things, that there are patterns that need to be addressed to bring that authority, to walk in that authority that would cause that reality to be drawn towards us. I am thankful this morning for this line. I'm thankful for the hearts and minds on it. I'm thankful for the dreams and the ambitions of those on this line. And I'm thankful for the fact that I know an Elohim that wants to make those dreams and realities a vision. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. (laughs) Kind of got that mixed up. I know an Elohim that wants to make those visions and dreams a reality in each of our existences for the kavod of his of his kingdom, for the kavod of Shamaim, so that when we walk across the threshold of those pearly gates, quote-unquote, we're greeted by those that have gone before us, that have stepped out in faith before us, that have believed for something greater than themselves. And we can be counted among the faithful and the obedient so that we can be counted as a doer of the word and not a hearer only. I am thankful for Yah's healing authority. I am thankful for the desire of hearts to know him better. And I am thankful that I get to do this every morning. Hallelujah. Abba, in the name of Yeshua, I just, I pray for the hearts and minds of those in the neighborhoods around me. I pray pray for the hearts and minds and ruach condition of our leadership at every level, local, state, and federal. Abba, that they would align themselves with what you confess, with what you command, is righteous and wise and just. Abba, that your heart could be seen on our sleeves. Abba, I pray for Marissa and Eva as this week wraps up that the growth that 
happened and the experiences that that were gone through would be permanent, that they would be memorable, that they would have an impact of drawing mother and daughter closer together in ways that are unforgettable. Abba, I pray for manifestations of your power, of your authority in this world so that the world can see and believe that you do still work through the hands, feet, hearts, and minds of man. That you have not diminished Abiyah in any way, shape, or form. If anything, by sending your son, that you have effectively given us the most perfect possible blueprint. to aid others as we help ourselves. Because, yeah, it's not about, it's not just about us. We believe in transformed that unless we get the three-level relationships correct, then we are ultimately nothing then we are a clinging symbol. If we don't have the love relationship, yeah, between ourselves and you correct the love relationship between, or, you know, the internal love relationship. If I don't love myself, if we don't love ourselves the way you tell us that we can, then we'll never love you correctly. And if we can't love ourselves and you correctly, we can never love our neighbors correctly. Abaya, help us to understand and act on the fact that at the root of Ahava is giving. It's the act of giving. Abba, in the name of Yeshua, I am Berachot and highly favored. I am a friend, brother, and servant in, in particular good standing. I am a minister of Ahava. I am an overcomer. I am a warrior. I am fearless. I am courageous. I do not dwell in doubt. I am aware of what the next right thing to do is, and I engage in it. I am an emulator. I am a biker. I am ordained with a message that cannot be defamed, besmirched, degraded, or denied. 
I am not perfect. But he who is within me is. I am Yeshua. I am Yeshua Yahweh's. And I am humbled by the call. I am excited. I am on fire. I am capable of accomplishing everything I set my heart and mind to. Not because of who I am, but because of who Yeshua is in me. Hallelujah. That having been said, we are going to ask Yami if she is ready to come forward with her praise, prayers, decrees, and declares, and her teachings this morning. Hallelujah. Could you Father. let us know, where, Yami, could you let us know where you're starting when you start your teaching? Hi. Chapter and verse? Yes. Thank you. Okay. We we will be in the book of um, First Samuel, and I have to look at the um, address. I like how I don't haven't used that word. Um, it's a a word added to my vocabulary to call um, you know the pages. I've heard other people use it. So it's a nice word. So that's another new word. The address, I believe, will be the 12th chapter. The reason being that the lesson yesterday and fit right along with transformed last night. And it was really been uh, strong on my mind of a pattern of... um that that I see in it of um, uh, how we as humans do circle, walk in circles, and, and um, that is in the flesh. But like when what you said, Scribe, when we're in the Ruhak, um, when we are are looking at the combination of spirits, souls, and body, the ruhak, the soul, and the body, we recognize that when we have our positions in order, life goes forward to... Um, Hmm. I, I'm looking for my glasses because in order to read, I have to have them. Otherwise, I will be opening my mouth and only able to give what the Ruhat gives me, which is good too, because he always brings something good to us. It's good orderly direction, or it's um, a, a way to um, 
submit our, my flesh more or a way to operate in, um, in better understanding and prove my relationship with Yahweh that I was really created and it, with the Ruhak it gets down to the fact of life, the fact being that I am his and he is mine and his banner over me is love and a big clearer picture. It looks like the Ruhak needs to take over. But I know the area I was reading in was in um, the 12th chapter of First Samuel. It might have hit a little, what I will talk about might hit a little bit of what was in 11 and maybe go a little bit into 13. Um, so, Ruhak, uh, what... Do you want to come out of my mouth now? As I open it, I trust for you to feel it and um, and minister to the needs of whoever is on this line and um, open the eyes of our heart and let the soil of our heart be um, uh, fertilized and be with the introduction of truth of the um, seeds of the Torah and the seeds of um, of wisdom of, of knowledge and understanding that we receive by having and getting in the right place in our relationship with you. And Father, thank you that we can share with you all the things that are going on in our mind and heart. And as we share, you correct the errors. And Father, we don't want to ever have stiff necks or hard hearts, but remain good soil. And Father, in First Samuel, you are showing us how one woman pleaded to you about the desire of her heart of having a son, and how you gave to her Samuel. And Samuel was weaned from her because she got to have that mothering experience. And then as the conversation was between her and Yahweh, she brought him to the the priest, the high priest, and turned him over to your service. And he was raised 
to and in your ways to accomplish his plan and how the same old flesh problems arouse in that circle, returning, repenting, and having right relationships, and um, then slipping right back into the things that we are not dabbling, the things that for some reason um, draw us and cause us to be um, unfaithful to our commitment. And as we see clear now as kings died, or as, um, excuse me, the prophet of the day, the leader of the people um, of the of the hour um, passed on and new came, the same thing only, let's see, the same essence, the same, um, oh boy, just the same thing happening over and over with the children of Israel. So that's the battle. The battlefield is against wicked um, spirits in high places. And we choose to battle them as we see it happening. That the battle uh, does belong to Yahweh because with each chapter we read, with each um, great exploit in battle to take over the land, um, as each one happens, we see that Yah ahead of time gives the direction and tells them, tells his people what to do next, and then as they do it, what happens is what he already told us would happen, and for Samuel and the children of Israel. Oh, yeah, will there there, um, completely be an end? Yes, because we've read the book, and we've read the the um the history and the and you told us the future that Satan has his end and those that follow him follow him into the same end and it is your desire for us to live and not die because Death only came because of the way uh, people chose to think they would enjoy better their own way when indeed the only way that brings us life and peace is when we walk in you, 
everything else is falls out the bottom. It bottoms out. It doesn't remain. And but Father, you, your kingdom. We say, let your kingdom come and your will be done. Every morning, we we say that anew. And we choose every morning to listen and to hear your direction. And we want to be children eternally your to that please you we want to be your people the sheep of your pasture and father i remember when you used that word sheep it comes with um if we look at the the sheep is about talk about them talk about Needing that shepherd, that uh, of the animals, one of the, of that you created, very needy of your direction, and you use sheep a lot to explain us uh, who we are, and so you chose to take your sheep. And to put in us your ruhah so that we are um, more, we are given the ability to do the purpose we're created for. And one of the big ones is to please you. That's why we enter your gates with thanksgiving and come to your court with praise and that's why we say because we know this is the day you have made so where we left off yesterday was people gathered and were and they were rejoicing and glad because you delivered them you brought them to a safe place and you took any stone that was stopping that and pulled them out of our heart so that our soil was ready. So let us continue to um, stay in the truth and let us continue to learn the height, the depth, the breadth, the length, and the width of the love you have towards us. And in that, let us become like you and follow that example of love. Now, Ruhak, take over for today. We say you are our Yah. You are the highest deity, and we will follow you. As you lead us, your gentleness we find as we walk, your hand is held 
in our, in ours, and we can pray this or believe this individually as well as corporately. Hallelujah. On a path that together we've chosen. We walk with you because you know. <laughs> and you made that so obvious in the book of First Samuel and in your whole book. Your whole Torah keeps us in the path that is great. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that. Yami, this is miracle power. We shall return as we bask in it for the next four minutes. When we come back, we'll ask folks to introduce themselves. Marissa will be here with her phrase, prayers, decrees, and declares, and the reading from Ephesians 6. Hallelujah.
Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Here is Marissa. This is Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents and Yahweh, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Your fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but nurture them in the discipline and teaching of our master. Slaves, obey your masters according to flesh, with reverence and trembling and singleness of your heart as the Messiah. Not with eye service as hypocrites, but as slaves of Messiah, doing the will of our Master from the heart, serving as slaves with good will for our Master, and not as to men, each one knowing that whatever good thing he does, this he shall receive from the Master, whether he is a slave or a free man. The Masters do the same things toward them, forgiving their faults, knowing that the Master of you and of them is in heaven, and there is no respecter of persons with him. For the rest, my brothers, be made powerful in our Master and in the might of his strength. Put on all the armor of Yahweh for you to be able to stand against the strategies of the devil. For conflict is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and with those in authority, and with the possessors of this dark world, and with the evil spirits that are beneath heaven. Because of this, take up all of the whole armor of Elohim, that you may be able to resist the evil one, and being prepared, you shall prevail. Then stand firm, having girded your loins about with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and defend your feet with the preparation of the good news of peace. Above all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. Also put on the helmet of salvation, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of Yahweh. Through all prayer and petition, praying at all times, in the Ruach, and watching to the same thing, without prayer and petition concerning all these saints. Pray also for me, that to me may be given speech, and opening of my mouth with boldness, make known the mystery of the good news, for which I am an ambassador and a chain, that in it I may speak boldly as it is right for me to speak, so that you also may know the things about me, what I am doing, like as the beloved brother and faithful minister and our master, will make known all things to you, whom I send to you for the same thing, that you might know the things about us, and he may comfort your heart. Peace to the brothers in love with faith from Yahweh, the Father and Master Yeshua Messiah. Grace be with us. Oh, I'm not say that word. Be with all those that love our Master, Yeshua Messiah, without corruption. Amen. So we learn about pagan words. So Yahweh, please remind me of the word that is not pagan. And to understand the, the word grace is, is um, the bold. It's hard to get used to them in the, in the word. So hopefully we can find a solution that doesn't have any of them in there. But I can correct them. So this morning, as we look to our Father, that he sent his son Yeshua to help us if he's our Savior. So I pray for Yeshua that... I pray that Yeshua takes the wheel today. What do you need? You can you can do your Bible doll. It's okay. Yes, you can have to. Thank you for asking. So anyways, um is the Queen of Clear that Yeshua's uh driver today? That he's the 
instructor of our of our life that no matter what that we have him in the front seat at all times in our in our um daily walk. And it's gonna clear that we are healed and that there's no more issues in our bodies or in our physical health as well as our mental health. And it's gonna clear that our immune systems are strong as well as our family and our loved ones. They are healed in Yeshua's name. And it's going to clear that we have Yahweh's love at all times and that he corrects any of our um, shortcomings or also our um, defects. Yeshua is our, our helper in those areas in our life that we have fallen short. Can you clear Yahweh's love that's over our nation, over all of our nations, hallelujah, that we have his fruits, and I pray for them to manifest throughout our cities and our countries and our state, the state in each country. And I pray for the Yahweh's timing, that he corrects the fleshly ways of doing, doing things, thinking that I have to do it on my own. Yeah, we can help me with each each step of the way. And I pray for the firm foundation that we're not on seeking sand. I pray for the as he's structuring us and he's building our life on a firm foundation. Hallelujah. It's going to clear as the Malachim are coming, but they take place around us and around our workplaces and around our vehicles and around our family members and so forth. And I pray for the electum of the, the Shalom and for um, Psalm 91 over those who are traveling today. And for our overseers, Rock and Candy, and for San Kim, as well as Yami and her family, and for others on the line today. And as well as everyone's children, for those of you that have children on the line, it's going to clear that you're safety is on them and their love and protection. And we also pray for those who are at the RIP 2.0 meeting the nighttime uh, transform recovery. We pray for the increase in our meetings that people will come on and get to share their variety together and, and read a scripture with us as we um, look into the help steps. I pray for those who are, as Rock is preparing, as well as Sandy and other overseers in this ministry, that you are helping them each way, each each step of the way with the faith table farms, Yahweh, that, that you send the right workers forth, and that uh, there's no, nothing um, that stands in the way of putting forth your fruits and harvesting of the, the farms. And I pray for your cleansing and your healing over over our nation and as well as us, over all of us. And you're keeping us in fullness as we walk in the right direction and walk upright. And I pray for those who are out there, Yahweh, that are in an addiction of any type of drugs or alcohol or other type of like gambling or sex addiction or any idolatry or 
even video games or internets or Facebook or social media, any type of addiction, even food or sugar, they help us understand where we stand in our walk in you and they turn our wicked ways for the wrong ways of looking in worldly devices or substances or foods that we can look to you, turn to you for our guidance to overcome those addictions and for less steps in life, Yahweh. <clears throat> I pray for the resources to help for the um, people that need rehab, that need a bed to go in, that there's more places available, that you open up more new doors of buildings or putting, I ask me to put forth the workers that can, that can make new facilities, that can build them, or turning old buildings into a rehab that needs that needs attention, yeah, right, for those who need help, that, that they're not out there waiting, that they can get in there quicker rather than waiting too long. I pray for the and as well as I pray for you to have Yali workers in those places to work from no one into the recovery places. And that you can put transfer recovery as part of the rehab that we can send across the the world. I pray for those who are out there, the the drug dealers, yeah, well you know where they are. You know, know the resources coming in from outside of the country that other than the United States and different countries where they start, which there's many of them. And uh, I pray for the men and women that you have in uniform that you call up to do your work, that they strategize and get, um, they can get rid of the resources from coming in. They can put a stop to it. And they can and I pray for those who are out there, they can turn from the wicked ways and look to you first. Or you, and if they're not wanting to turn from the wicked ways, that they are judged rightly by you, Yahweh. And I pray for the government out there, as well as the um, president, we to uproot those um, evil plans, Yahweh, and for the men and women that are not in the ikad with you, Yahweh, that you. Take him out of office. And I pray for Yahweh's workers, for Yahweh to be first place in the, the official uh, Yahweh, or Heavenly Father Yahweh to be, make his way known and make your name known officially in our offices, in our government offices. And I pray for the doctors and healthcare workers, Yahweh, that you know where they stand and where the Yahweh workers are in the healthcare system as well as the clinics, the um, hospice, and the nursing homes, and the hospitals, and the eye care clinics, as well as the children's and elderly care, and surgeons, and all, and so forth. And we have some loved ones on the line that have children or family members that may need surgery. I just declare that you give them the discernment on the right choices that they're making as well as others that are outside of the transform the morning meetings, the 
have to go to the doctors to see help in those situations. Because they like to call it um, medical practice. And sometimes there's not always answers at 100% in the doctors. So we pray for your um, help in that situation. But unless it's fully known that's going to work, that it's successful, I pray for success in that doctor's offices and clinics. And I pray for anything that is not 100% studied or not 100% um, successful that they they don't look upon it. They don't they don't even want to try it because it's not worth putting others at risk. And as well as for the COVID vaccines, different aspect of that that they're trying to make children take vaccines now. Let's pray they approve those science labs, whatever labs that they're starting in, that you can take them out. They're not they're not doing any good for the children or for the people, then you have your way in it, Yahweh. I pray for the our businesses that we are in and our as well as, well as growth in our business. That's X thirty nine and our overseer of that is the CEO David Schmidt. And I pray for for the teams that we have and as well as our Doc Wallach, which is through activity and our the new business that we're learning about is Asante. CEO is Michael. We thank you for those who are creating and the creators of healthy and good and wholeness of that. I think it's already showing your head wonderful. She's being silly right now. We thank you for little ones as well as the health that you can help the little ones too. And we thank you for things that are coming into alignment. And I'm Pretty clear that people that they're coming out of the wilderness into the promised land, and I pray for people to come out of Egypt into the to the light. It's cool. Okay, you know where the bathroom is. I don't. I can't go with him on the phone either. And if you're giving us up our sins, Yahweh, I thank you that you forgive those to return to you to repent. Are they keeping us in a cod? And um, cleansing us of our past blushing desires. And I pray for the fruits, which is love, kindness, joy, shalom, faith, patience, goodness, meekness, and self-control. And as well as the fruits in our family, manifest in our families. And no more division. And I pray for your love and deliverance and salvation for our family members that have not yet received you. I pray for the right workers if they they send forth the right Yali workers to our family members. As If you point us to them, we thank you that you're pointing us to share your word with them. If it's someone else that's meant to come into their path, I pray for you to send them the right brother or sister to, into your our family's path that they love our loved ones to share your word with them that they can overcome their sins and they can have freedom in their life. And, and your love. And I pray for the ministry, the love ministry, prison ministers, that you work your way through each prison system, Yahweh, in men and women prisons. And our brother Steve Shipley, uh, Steve Shipley, and others who are in the, under um, rack and sands uh, council, as well as 
anyone who sent along with or subscribe or yummy that you can work work throughout them as they are the teachers of the ministry. We thank you for them that they are teaching and sharing your your word with others. And I pray for my family members as um, Shepa and Leva and Kumar that is Eva's caretakers as well as Gary and Don which is my son's caretaker. And I pray for the sex trafficking area. You know what's happening. As well as there will be violence out there and the shootings and the deaths that are happening. Pray for less deaths out there and less um, demonic strongholds. They can lift them up. Because every time I look at a news app and something online that I don't get on very often, it seems like there's an increase in deaths this year. And I pray for a decrease in deaths. And a decrease in shootings and decrease in uh, violence out there because there's so much happening that way and for, for the things that are beyond our control that we ask for your help in our world. As well as the summer, it's middle of summer right now. I pray for people to enjoy summer and not to be in the opposite of it. That we can have freedom and not feel the fear and no more um, the, the kidnapping and Anyone that's doing anything that's unyali, that we can we can feel safe to be in our in our um, in our cities. I pray for the uh, circumstances and that that you have these prayers answered according to your your purpose and your timing. And I am bold. I'm Yahweh's daughter. I'm loved. I'm a doer of the word, and I'm an overcomer. And I am beautiful, and I am great, I am gifted, I am faithful, I am blue, I am righteous, and I am able to do all things to the Messiah who strengthens me. I am a great mother who is getting greater, I am his beloved, and I am a warrior, I am a champion, I am successful, I am a truth teller, I am a good, I'm a good daughter. I'm well seasoned that the Yahweh's knit together. I'm a fine, and I'm Yahweh's vessel, and I'm purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm well sensed in Yahweh, in His senses. And learner, I am a learner and student of Yahweh's word, and I'm a seer and a hearer of Yahweh's word, and of all that Yahweh has for me. And I am in awe of Yahweh, and I'm a receiver. I think I already said that. Hallelujah. I'm walking in the big testimony. And I'm thankful for our, our Elohim, for my legacy. I'm thankful for the world that we are walking on, that we have beauty in the morning and the sunshine. And I'm thankful for Yahweh that is replenishing the soil and that I'm out of darkness. Thankful for our children and for our salvation. I'm thankful for my children. Thankful for the um, health as well as the, the animals on our earth as well as our um, family pets. We have our loved ones. And I am thankful for Eva and for my son Aiden. And I'm thankful for 
place. He always um, that he always provides our needs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to open up the line and see if anybody else wants to introduce themselves and share their prayers, prayers, decrees, and declares for the day. Hallelujah. All right, all lines are open. That would include you, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. So what's going on this morning with you? Uh, I've been up since about 6 o'clock this morning, and I did a, got up, uh, made my carrot juice, cleaned up the house a little, got my stuff, put it in the back of the truck, and I've been waiting on Roger to get up so we could start our day. Um, I do need to uh, lift somebody up in prayer right now because it's a friend of mine who is a pastor, and her sister is not doing too well. Her name is Marilyn, and my friend's name is... uh, Pastor Thomas. Okay. Hallelujah. And uh, other than that, I I don't have anything else to say other than uh, um, just try and get my day started over here. All right. Hallelujah. I'll be on the name of Yeshua. Go ahead. and, And I'm enjoying the call. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. I'll be on the name of Yeshua. We just come before you. We lift up Pastor Thomas's sister, Marilyn, Jennifer's friend. Uh, but you know what the situation is. You know where the healing needs to be done. Yeah, we just ask that you step in right now. We know that you are the great physician. You created our minds and our bodies to function in a certain way. You know them better than we know ourselves and better than any doctor could ever know them. So, Abba, whatever it is that the adversary is trying to saddle Marilyn with, we just pray that you would come in right now and cleanse her of it and that she would take the authority that we were granted by your death on the torture stake and command Hasatan to leave her in the name of Yeshua. Yeah, that there is nothing that can come against the Mishpachah. Abba, we ask for open hearts and open minds as the rest of the story unfolds. And Abba, we just, again, thank you in advance for what you're going to do in Maryland and Pastor Thomas's lives. In the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. And Yamin. Shalai Ayami, would you be willing to lift them up in prayer as well? 
Yes, and Father, you know all details. You know all the tricks of the enemy, the destroyer, the evil one. And you have authority over him. And we thank you that he must cancel his assignments against um, this situation, against the against the um, your plan and your will. And we come in agreement with your will. And um, we ask that that um, we stand in awe of you as we are witnesses of you and your mighty hand and your mighty work. We thank you that there's nothing too difficult for you and that all things will work out for your purpose because we know that you are uh, you are the greatest Elohim, and you hear and answer prayer. And we stand in agreement with your will and tell the enemy to go. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, Jennifer. We will continue to lift them up in prayer. Right now, we are going to move into our 27 minutes of meditation. When we come back, we will have our Wealth of Wisdom teaching, and we will see if Rock or Sand are on board with the teaching. So, hallelujah. It's going to take me a minute to find something. So bear with me. We just pray uh, that you help me to fill this empty space with something profitable and something worth hearing. Hallelujah. Uh, but we know that you are the only Elohim, not just the greatest. There are many that would seek to set themselves alongside you. But, yeah, we know that only you and Yeshua reign in Shamayim. There is none other. There is no other path. There is no other door. There is no other salvation besides your own. And to get to that door, we need to believe and repent and know that you died for us on that torture stake and that you rose again three days later and that you ascended and that you alone sit at the right hand of Elohim Yahweh your father and we know that you are coming again. And we anxiously await that, Yah. We anxiously await Yeshua's second coming. And we just pray for peace in your peace in your Yerushalayim in Jerusalem, knowing that that is where you're going to come down 
That much we know. Abba, we anxiously await your revelation. And we just thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're going to do, knowing that all power and strength are in your hands. Um, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's see what I can make happen. My computer is very, very slow this morning for some reason. And it's not making this very comfortable. Hallelujah, I apologize. <laughs> so, alrighty. Maybe this next set of four will be something longer.
Oh, 
And let us all say hallelujah to the Most High Elohim and Ruach Takeover and minister to all our ears what Yah wants for us today. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. All right. Seven individual thoughts from Proverbs 14, starting at verse 8. The wisdom of the wise is to understand his way, but the foolishness of fools is deceit. The wisdom of the wise. It's good to know which way you're going. We we hope to be able to walk down a path more than once. Now, granted, we only go through this life once, but that doesn't mean we can't walk the same streets more than once. That doesn't mean we won't be, be visited by the same behaviors or that the same behaviors won't become a necessity or necessary. I believe what this verse is teaching is that we can change the outcome by gaining wisdom. And in the changing of that outcome comes understanding. The path is set. The wisdom, the guidance is there. But Yahweh is expecting us to un, to recognize that we are basically taking the same steps or retracing our steps on the way to where we're going. I don't know that this verse is specifically referencing salvation, even though it does say at the end of that of the first half. Um, it says the wisdom of the wise is to understand his way. We know that it could mean Yeshua. It could reference that, but it's not capitalized, so I'm not sure if that's if that's you know a a point that Solomon was considering hammering home. I don't know if if that's a uh, messianic prophecy or not. But what I, what I am seeing here is that the more often we go through something, if we are open to learning, if we are wise enough to continue to receive from that experience, we will begin to understand and be able to rise above what it was that we struggled with the first time we walked down that path. But the foolishness of fools is deceit. Fools would rather engage in deceitful behavior than in righteousness and truth because ultimately without question Yah is going to refer to anyone that is breaking Torah as foolish, bordering on criminal, um, bordering on just unwise 
they're trying to get away with something. He talks about yeah, other places in Proverbs. It talks about you know talking with their you know with their hands and you know winking and you know shuffling of the feet and and things of this nature. They're trying to conceal something. They're trying to conceal their true motives. They're trying to get around the strength of the Torah so that they can have what it promises without having to be who it expects. Abiyah considers that foolishness, and rightly so. We can't have, the world cannot have it both ways. The world would like to have it both ways, but it can't. That's kind of. I don't know if I. I don't know if I should bring this story up, but I'm going to. I I read a headline. I'm not going to go into details about it much. There was a same-sex couple out in California that is taking their fertility clinic to court and suing them for three hundred thousand dollars for pain, emotional distress, uh, passing off the wrong embryo, blah, yada, 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 okay? The problem is they wanted to have a baby. They're suing the fertility clinic for duping them with a female embryo instead of a male one like they promised. If that doesn't fit in here in a bigger scope of things, I don't know where else it would fit. You're trying to get around. You're trying to walk down the same street, but you're trying to get around 5,500 years of human experience, of natural processes, by including two more people than necessary, at least, in order to have a baby. If that isn't the deceit of fools, I'm not sure what is. Verse 9, fools laugh at at guilt offering but among the righteous is favor. Fools laugh at guilt offering. Fools are not going to appreciate the fact that something needs to be offered to acknowledge the guilt. The offering is not assuaging Yahweh's anger. It's just acknowledging that you did something wrong. Fools are going to laugh at that because fools are too prideful to admit to themselves that they may have done anything wrong. If they would acknowledge that, it would mean that they were probably on a path to teshuva-ing. But that's not where your fools are. That's not where they. That's not where they engage. That's not where they live. They would rather live in scorn. They would rather live as scorners resulting in they themselves being scorned worthy. But among the righteous, 
the ones who have a proper heart towards the, the offering being offered, whether it's a guilt offering or whatever other type of offering or a tithe or whatever. But the motivation behind the offering carries favor with it for the righteous. Because that's a promise that has been bore out experientially throughout the Torah and the Kitbe HaKadosh. I'm going to say something, and I don't want it to sound like I'm disrespecting the word or minimizing any of this, because the Ruach HaKadosh did anoint, did inspire men to write this the way it was written, but ultimately this compilation, this volume, of which over half of it is still missing, probably more than that, is rife with examples of righteous behavior and righteous living bearing favor in Yahweh. That's where we should lean. That's the direction we should lean. Unless Yah puts a ruach of laughter upon us, there is nothing amusing about what humanity has had to go through to get to this point. Certainly not when it comes to the torture stick. Verse 10, the heart, knows bitter, the heart knows the bitterness of its own soul, and a stranger does not mix in its joy. I think what Solomon is trying to say here is we can, we can commiserate and sympathize with our brothers and sisters in the world around us about their pain, and we can do what we can to be open and willing and loving enough to help them out of it, and we should be. But we cannot experience that bitterness and that pain for them. That's something that they have to deal with. That's something that they have to deal with internally on their own between themselves and Elohim Yahweh and Yeshua. We can't crawl into their hearts. We cannot reside there like Yeshua does. He is their only He is their only recourse when it comes to dealing with really, really, really deep bitterness and pain. There's a footnote that says no one can really understand the sorrow or joy that an individual is going through in their life. Script, uh, the reference here is First Samuel. 110, which obviously, which is speaking of Hannah and the events preceding the birth of Samuel. Verse 11, the wicked's house shall be thrown down, but the tent of the upright will flourish. And this is, this is kind of cool because 
Solomon probably heard, probably very thoroughly educated in the actions of the, and the events of King Ahab's reign over Israel. And was probably aware of who King Ahab's wife was. King Ahab and Jezebel were considered wicked rulers. Their house was broken. The kingdom was taken away from them. The authority was taken away from them. That wicked couple's, couple's house was thrown down. It's unfortunate that it impacted the, nat- the nation of Israel as badly as it did. But it was necessary. Is this just a parable? Is this just a fiction? Is there any evidence of a righteous individual's tent flourishing while this wicked couple's house was being thrown down? Well, what about the prophet that was ministering to them? It's probably a really, really good bet that Elijah did not live in a house or a castle. He may have, we don't know, but odds are it sounds like he was, you know, kind of a traveling a traveling minister. And if I got the name wrong, if it wasn't Elijah, if it was Ezekiel or, you know, correct me. Okay, I'm open to it. So there is a way that seems right to a man. This is verse 12. I think you I, I think you I think you see my point in verse eleven. I gotta back up there and make sure I finish that. The wicked's house shall be thrown down. Ahab, Jezebel, even David, there were times when struggles came and if not thrown down, at least had the foundation damaged to the point where serious work had to be done but the tent of the righteous will flourish. Also saying that where there's great wealth, there's greater temptation to take advantage of things, to massage things just a little bit in the hopes that Yahweh wouldn't see the sin being engaged in. Kind of like David and Bathsheba. But Nathaniel came and corrected the tent, the supposedly weaker structure flourished because of the upright attitude, because of the proper connection with Yahweh, because of an understanding of who Yeshua was and the relationship with him. Hallelujah. Verse 12, there is a way that seems upright to a man, but the end of it is always, or but the end of it is the ways of death. Now, there's, there's, there's no reference here to righteousness or wickedness or, or 
Kodesh state or anything of that nature. All it says is there's a way that seems upright to a man. There's a way that seems correct to a man. Correct. A a correct way to operate. A correct, a correct way to function. Man does not have an issue going out and having a few glasses of strong drink after work. Man does not have a problem going out to the local prostitute and engaging. Those things are natural to the flesh. And that's part of our animal nature that would want to do that to make our life as easy and as pleasant as possible. But because we are more than just animalistic creatures, because we were created in the image of Yah, for us there's a way of eternal life and there is a way of death. There is Torah. There is anti-Torah. There is rain. Improper amounts. And then there's drought. And in this situation, that drought, which brings death, is an absence of Yahweh. It's an absence of his rock. It's an absence of his voice in our lives or in a life. Because we've steeled our heart to want only what we want and not to consider the tracks of history that are available for us to read. That's not a good way to be in. It's not a good path to be on. Even, verse 13, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. We've all been there. More than likely, we've all been there at one point in time or another. We've laughed ironically or, in, you know, we all understand the emotion that, that Solomon is getting here. We've probably done this. It's just really, really hard to explain exactly what he's getting at to make it clear. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. And the end of that joy is grief. So even if you laugh dismissively at something that makes you really, really sad, when you recover from that place of laughter, that place of joy, the grief is still going to be there. could almost be considered, you could almost look at it like you're at somebody's funeral and somebody recalls a very uh, humorous story about the person that passed and you laugh at it, you get a good chuckle out of it. But once that moment of temporary joy subsides, the grief, the, the grief returns just 
the natural state of things. It's just natural state of things. Even when, even when Mary first saw the empty tomb and there was shock and possibly a chuckle, there was still sorrow in her heart at what had happened. Then the joy came when she found out that Messiah was still alive. But ultimately, that joy dissipated to an extent, maybe not to the point of grief, when he ascended. But the fact that he was no longer here with with her, with the disciples, there was still grief at his ascension. That might not be the best example, and I apologize, but, you know, I probably should have let that one, probably should have let that one out. I apologize. Uh, Verse 14, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, but a good man from himself. This one is kind of repetitive. You've got to, you know, this is kind of like a uh, looking at the negative of, of a picture. The backslider and heart shall be filled with his own ways. If a person is used to walking backwards, sliding backwards, not staying dug in, not remaining committed to whatever, whether it's his relationship with Elohim his relationship to Torah or what those are his ways he will be filled with the results that that garners him those actions or inactions are going to produce fruit is it a fruit that that individual wanted to consume that can only be answered by the individual obviously right now in this situation we cannot ask him right the backslider and heart shall be filled with his own ways but but a good man from himself everything I just said about the backslider is also true about the good man Those facts, those realities do not contradict each other. Those quote-unquote consequences or, or, in this case, positive results are going to bear a different kind of fruit. And a good man will be filled with his own ways as well. But actually... And ultimately, they are Yah's ways because it was the way Yah instructed him to go. And he was obedient. Hallelujah. Abba Yah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you for your word. 
we just ask that it finds itself planted in good soil. Abba, that you would water it, that you would send the sun to shine on it, and that it would bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold and more in the name of Yeshua. We thank you for today, Yah. And we just ask that you continue to move through and in each of us. We're going to go to a music break, and then we're going to see Yeshua Rocky.
Well, praise be to the great Yah of Shemaim. Hallelujah. Rev. Rock Yajay for Yahweh here on Love Live Rock Remnant Reality Radio. And we are pumped up, fired up, and making it happen for the King of Kings, our foundation of foundations. And we're just sharing raw truth with you today, as we always do. Uh, grateful for all the teachers that have gone before me. I thank Abba Yah for their great dedication to this faith in the true Messiah, the true Mashiach, that was the true person that was really here 2,000 years ago to set the real example for us on how to live a life. You know, that's why he came. He had to correct the record. The first Adam blew it. You know, the first Adam brought sin into this world. That was not the way that Yah intended it. He wanted us to live in the garden and have the greatest paradise to live in ever. We wouldn't have to work if he wouldn't have screwed up. Women wouldn't have periods and go through the the pain of childbirth and all of the garbage if the first Adam would have just listened. We would have just followed the instructions. And that's what the second Adam, Yeshua HaMashiach, 2,000 years ago came to set the record straight that you can live perfectly. You just have to know what perfection is, and then you have to attempt to walk in it. And if you fall short, that's okay. I'm going to forgive you as long as I can see you're trying to the best of your ability, and don't give me a lame excuse, but if you're really trying to be a good person and you're really trying to follow my ways and be obedient to them, then, hey, you can have paradise. You can have everlasting life that's going to be beyond what the garden originally was going to be even better than that okay so when the new heaven and the new earth comes down on the temple mount in Yisrael the question you have to ask yourself today is am I going to be there to see it or am I going to perish you know contrary to a lot of people out there because Christianity Catholicism They created a fable, they created a lie a long time ago that we were going to burn in hell forever. We were going to have this torturous, ongoing death that was going to be horrible forever. And really, that's not the true story. That's a lie, too. The fact of it is, our Abba Yah is love, and he would never want to torture people forever. He's not like this big giant that finds a bug like us you know we find a bug when we're a kid and we take a lighter and we sit and we fry it you know but the difference is that bug when it's all said and done it fries boom it perishes so that's really if you can get a picture of the big guy in the sky yahweh right yahweh if you can see him up there in the sky as okay I gave you a chance to do it right and have everlasting life, have paradise, have, you know, on earth as it is in the heavens, you know, the most incredible walking on the streets of gold, you know, wealth beyond comprehension and just really, really uh, beyond beyond the way we could even explain it. That's how beautiful it's going to all be, right? So we got this, you know, guy in the sky, this big guy in the sky who's watching everything, right? 
And the real deal of it is, is just like that little bug that we take a lighter to, well, there's going to be a lake of fire, right? And when we get thrown into it, yes, there's going to be weeping. There's going to be gnashing of teeth. It's going to suck to die that way. It's going to hurt. And that's our final consequence. But guess what? When we die in that lake of fire, poof, we're gone. We perish. And here's the best part. All the people that we've loved through our life, if we are the ones that make it, we're never going to remember if our dad didn't make it, if our mom didn't make it, if our grandpa didn't make it, if our grandma didn't make it, if our children didn't make it, if our best friend didn't make it, you're not even going to remember that person. See, if you read it in the Hebrew and you know what it says, when it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes, what he's actually saying in Hebrew is, you will have no remembrance, so there will be no sadness, there will be no more sorrow. You're not going to have any remembrance of anybody from this world. You're just going to, your soul, your uh, nefesh is called in, in Hebrew, your nefesh is just going to move on to another place, and it's going to be incredible, and you won't even remember all those people that were here. It's going to be wiped away from your memory. Now, that's a pretty if, – if you want to really look at love and really caring about someone, would you really ever want someone to suffer forever? No. So that natural thing inside you and people have always said, well, what kind of a God would want to, you know, torture people? He doesn't. He never did. That's a made-up fable. That's a, a, a fake story that religion made up, and the reason they made it up was to scare people so they would join their churches and give them their money. They wanted to take people hostage. They wanted to own and control people. They were working for the bad guy, but they made themselves out like they were working for the good guy. Because the whole narrative has been flipped upside down. Even the name God itself is actually the bad guy, not the good guy. And it is a name. If you take the books that they took out that are not in your, our normal Hebraic Roots Bibles, if you look at the book of Enoch 69, it tells you right out his name was God, Ra'el. God is the devil. Hello, wake up, world. But this is the sad part is people never do 2 Timothy 2.15. And our text today that I put together, it's on my Facebook page, the text today is based on 2 Timothy 3.15. But you can't really fully grasp 2 Timothy 3, 15, 16, and 17 if you don't grasp 2 Timothy 2, 15, which is we need to study. We need to study. And we don't show ourselves approved to one, one another. We show ourselves approved to him, to Yahweh. He's all that matters. He's our final judge. We are to judge one another, but not for condemnation. So I condemn no man. I don't want anybody to perish. Why? Because Yeshua HaMashiach wanted nobody to perish. We perish because of lack of knowledge. What does it say in, in uh, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles? My people fail for lack of knowledge. They just don't have good teachers. They got false teachers out there at places that meet on Sundays called churches. 
And it's a real sad story because everybody's been brainwashed into thinking that those guys are teaching the truth when in reality there is some truth there. But there's also some lies there, and it's the mixing and twisting and turning that goes all the way back to Nimrod, and that's a Nimrod experience, a guy who, who was Abraham's cousin who hated Abraham and wanted to kill him. We're from the seed of Abraham, but this world and what the church system is is from the seed of Nimrod. And if we can't understand the Nimrodic spirit that's in the churches today, we really have not studied very hard. It does not take a college degree to figure this stuff out. It takes a little bit of common sense and to go back and do a history lesson and watch how the church is even formulated. You know, I was having a great conversation with my niece, Sammy, yesterday, who said that she, you know, had some theology classes, and she found out some really, really great stuff. And it's right on the lines of the same kind of thing with Constantine and the Council of Nicaea, and she learned all about it. All you got to do is realize that Christianity comes from the Council of Nicaea. It doesn't come from Israel. So this has been like an interception. You know, you're going one way down the field, and then the bad guy intercepts the ball and starts going the opposite way down the field. So you're, you're heading towards paradise. You're heading towards Shamayim, the heavens. You're, you're going to live this in, incredible, beautiful life because you're learning and learning all this good stuff. And then all of a sudden there's this interception. They catch the ball. The bad guys now got the ball, and they start running in the opposite direction. You know, and it's really not rocket science. It's really pretty simple. And if you see how effed up the world is, think about it, you guys. Think about it. Think about it. Right? The world is screwed up. And somebody made a great point the other day, and I've made it in the past, so they were just repeating something that I've been saying for probably 30 years now as a teacher, and that is how come the divorce rate is just as high in the church, and it doesn't matter whether it's an Assembly of God church, whether it's a, a Lutheran church, whether it's a Protestant of any kind, whether it's United Pentecostal church, doesn't matter. The divorce rate is the same in churches as it is in society. Now, if we're supposed to be separate, if we're supposed to be different than the unbeliever, then why is our lifestyle looking the same as theirs? Maybe we're not really believers. Maybe we're fakers. Maybe we're frauds. Maybe we're following people that are frauds that are the people that teach on Sunday mornings. They don't even get on the case of their congregation if somebody's going to get a divorce. They don't even give you a hard time about it. They don't talk to you about it and make a big deal out of it at all. What does that tell you? Oh, I don't want to lose that offering. I don't want to lose that paycheck that's coming in from that congregant, so I'm not going to confront them about their sin. I'm, I'm not going to rock the boat here. I want them to keep coming and give me their money. You see, they've put themselves in their own slavery, in their own imprisonment, because they have put themselves in a place where they've, they've got to compromise truth so they don't lose their congregation. That's a sad place to be. 
I don't care. If you don't want to be a part of Love, Inc., I don't care. I'm not here to tickle your ears. It tells me I'm not supposed to tickle your ears. I'm not supposed to give you, you know, all candy all the time. I'm giving you the meat. I'm giving you the potatoes. I'm giving you the bread of life in its rawest form, and either you believe it or you don't believe it. But I'll never have blood on my hands because I taught you guys the wrong stuff. I prayed and I begged him on my knees crying out to him. I've been a false teacher because I was brainwashed by Christian leadership. 35 different denominations I've fellowshiped with, and I've been a part of that. And I said, I am so sorry. Please forgive me for being a false teacher when you created me to be a truth teacher. I want nothing more than to be able to say, and for him to be able to say, as someone that I've taught and brought up in this faith alongside him, not over him, not lording over him, not being his boss, but being his best friend and loving him, I I would hate it if Scott Scribe Pratt all of a sudden said, dude, you mean you've been lying to me all this time? Seriously? Can you imagine what that would do to our friendship? Can you imagine how you would feel? And that's what went on with me with all these leaders that I've had in my life. When I started discovering my leaders are not telling me the full story, they're not telling me the truth, I had to do the research for myself. And you know what? I'm challenging every one of you to do the same thing. Don't believe me. Don't trust me. Go study to show yourself approved. Go figure it out. And then you'll come back and you'll say, wow, Rev Rock was pretty hardcore, man. He kicked me in the rear end. He hammered me over the head. He, he, he beat me up big time when I was caught up in religion and got me to realize religion is not the truth. Religion is the lie. So Love, Inc. is a not, not a religious organization, although they call us a 501c3 religious because we have to follow the laws of the land. So we have to be under that umbrella of being called a religious organization. But the reality of it is we don't have any, any part in any of that nonsense. All we have connected ourselves to is this Kitve Kadesh, Kadesh Kitve, this Kitve HaKodesh, these dedicated scriptures that go back to the ancient and not the misinterpretations or mistranslations or transliterations, but the actual raw, what did it say in Hebrew? What did it say in ancient Hebrew? What did it say in Paleo? What did it say in Aramaic? Because that's how Nimrod at the Tower of Babel, right, before he became the sun god Baal and his wife, she became the goddess of Ishtar, which is where we get Easter from. I mean, this is some sick stuff. Her claim to fame and why they put Easter over the top of the Pesach, the Passover, one of the most one of the most dedicated things that we're supposed to do all year is the Pesach, the Passover, the Hebrew, the Ibrahim, 
Passover, Pesach, and they go ahead and they throw the goddess of Ishtar over the top of it in religion out there. Well, who was Ishtar? She was a mother who had sex with her son, and then which was Baal, which was Nimrod. And then when he died, they had had a son together, so now that's her grandson, and now she marries him. His name was Tammuz. And in the, in the pagan, if you were to study paganism, those three, the sun god Baal, goddess of Ishtar, and Tammuz, that's the trinity. So trinity was brought in from paganism, and they tried to say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the trinity in Christianity, which is there's, there's nothing in the Hebrew scriptures that will show you that. It does not say that. The word Trinity doesn't even exist in our, in our text. So where did it come from? Because those evil people at the Council of Nicaea, like I was saying that my niece Sammy was, was talking to me about yesterday, those evil people brought all this, this stuff in. And now it's a part of Christianity. And these are people who say they're so filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, they're filled with some spirits, all right, but it ain't Kadesh. It's not a dedicated Ruach, but it is a bunch of spirits. And it's scary how covenant can get thwarted and distorted when we allow lies to come in to where there's supposed to be only truth. We here on Love, Inc., on Love Live Ruach Remnant Reality Radio, which we have coined the Love for Truth line, we cannot be thwarted. We cannot be deceived. We cannot be twisted in any way, shape, or form. We have to be as pure and clear as we can with you every day as we share what we share because we're like a voice crying in the wilderness here, like a John the Baptist or a Yehukanan the Mikvah man crying out and saying, prepare ye the way, the way. Yeshua was called the way, the truth, and the life. And even in that ancient language, way is actually a word. So that, that's kind of a cool thing, right? So you, they might say, well, what do you believe? What, what, what's your belief? I follow the way. There's only one way. There's only one way. Contrary to Oprah, you know, Oprah says, oh, there are many paths to heaven. Sorry, Oprah. You lose the million-dollar question. And you're, you're a false teacher. You're a false prophet. You're a, you were, and she doesn't have her own show like that anymore. But she had all these women that she was brainwashing every day. And they put her up on a pedestal like she was some kind of queen or goddess. And the fact of it is, she was the queen of false teachers, is what she was. And she had all these women that she was sending down the wrong path. And then you can find it on YouTube. There was some women that attended that confronted her in the middle of her show and put her in her place. Unfortunately, they confronted and said there's only one path, and they said his name is Jesus Christ. And really, we know that his name is not Jesus Christ. That is another man-made name that man made up in 1769. 
the King James Bible for the first time was edited, right? And they came out with a new version in 1769. And for the first time, they put Jesus in that book. Before that, it was Jesus, which is Greek. And the Greeks should have never changed it because Jesus means earth pig. So Jesus is a translation from Greek which means earth pig. Now, do you think the Messiah would want us calling him earth pig when the name Yeshua means I am salvation? Yah's salvation. Yah is salvation. You think that he wants his name changed to earth pig? Come on, somebody. Can we get a wake-up call out there? And you go, oh, wow, I didn't know that Jesus meant that. Well, we're here in Wisconsin, pig farmers. What do they say? Seuss, suey, suey, suey. That's how they call the pigs because that means pig in Greek because the English language is filled with Greek words, Roman words, German words. All all the English language is is a crossbreed of languages And unfortunately, it's filled with gods and goddesses, which I've been pointing out to you, all these different gods and goddesses constantly. And we keep finding out even more. We just found out that Set was an Egyptian god, S-E-T. And we had some of our our translation from, you know, uh, what should say in English, I think is a good word now, is dedicated. They had set apart. So whenever they can get another god or a goddess coming out of our mouth, they've taken our mouth hostage. Why should we give honor and praise? Why should we sing a song like glory, glory, glory when Gloria is a goddess? Why should we sing a song like victory, victory, victory when victory is Victoria and that's a goddess? These people are sick and they are motivated by the enemy of our soul, Godrael himself, who slipped his name now in, in all the places where it was supposed to say Yahweh, or Yahweh, right? Or Yahuwah, which is all the same. It's just pronunciation. High German, low German, right? Same thing. Whether you live in New York, New Jersey, or whether you talk nasal like Wisconsin people, or whether you're down from down south and you say y'all. You don't say you all, you say y'all when you're down south. So we have dialect right within our own country. How can we not understand that you're going to pronounce Yahuwah or Yahuwah or Yahuwah or Yahweh, that you're going to pronounce it differently? Of course you are. Because all over Israel there was this breakout of language. But remember, Aramaic is the root language to 20 Semitic languages from the the Semite area. So we're studying from Aramaic, which is the root language, to all these other ones, like Arabic, which is what the Muslims speak. But it's very similar to Aramaic. So... 2 Timothy 3.15, not 2.15, says in this, And that from a babe you have known, the Kodesh Kitve, 
which means dedicated scriptures, which are able to make you wise for deliverance through belief in Mashiach or Messiah, Yeshua. Okay? That's Aramaic, translated into English in its purest form. Okay? That's not Greek. And then it says in Second Timotheus or Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed. That's Ruach. Hakodesh. It's a set apart or a dedicated breath. We don't like set apart anymore. So it's a dedicated breath. It's a Ruach HaKodesh. So this, this dedicated breath, this dedicated Ruach, this HaKodesh Ruach, it breathed out by Elohim. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, that's correction, right? For setting things straight, for instruction in what's right or righteousness. So that's why these scriptures were not supposed to be changed. Because we needed them to teach us. We needed these scriptures to correct us when we were wrong and we could read it and we could get conviction from, from Yah and and Yah would say to us, you know, no, you you shouldn't treat your, your wife like that. You shouldn't treat your child like that. You shouldn't treat a friend like that. If you really are going to love your neighbor as yourself and guess what? Your wife is your neighbor. Your husband's your neighbor. Your children are your neighbors. Your friends are your neighbors. If you're really going to love your neighbor as yourself, then you can't treat them like that. So that's where these corrections or these reproofs are important because it's going to set things straight in your life. You're not going to be crooked. You're not going to be evil. You're not going to be trying to trick people or take advantage of people or, or rip somebody off. Screw them over. Take from them what's not yours. You're going to be there to, to edify that person. You're going to be there to build that person up. You're going to be there to love on that person. Because that's what's, what's right. So these are, these are instructions for what's right. Instructions for righteousness. And then it says in 2 Timothy 3.17, that the man of Elohim might be fitted, equipped for every good work. So what we're doing is we're trying to prepare you that you can go out there and know when you go out there into this world that you're not alone because we're praying for you. We're loving you wherever you go. It doesn't matter when I leave Dakota here today and I go back to Arizona. My heart is here because I love this guy. He married my niece just a little while back, and now they got a baby coming. I would love nothing more than to be a positive influence in his life. I don't care about all the negative influences in his life. He's got a choice. He's either going to say, yeah, you can't stay by us anymore because you're a fruitcake, right? Or he can say what he said 
right out of the gate when we took a, a walk through the mountains and we saw the, the, uh, the amazing creation up in Sedona of what I think is one of the most beautiful places on this planet where Yah takes a, a paintbrush and starts just slapping colors everywhere and you got your pinks and your your purples and, you know, purple mountain majesty, right? You got all this incredible, and that's where we got to walk. That's where I got to meet him, really, for the first time. We went back by a river and down, you know, into the into the sticks, you know, into the boons. And, and uh, you know, he made a statement back then, and I'll hold him to it. He said, you know, you're, you're like my coolest uncle or something like that. I don't know. He he just said you guys are great, you know, and and uh I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm trying to say that you know I just was myself. I wasn't blowing smoke up his butt. I wasn't trying to win him over, you know. I just was loving on him because that's what I do because he's my neighbor. And it tells me I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. Well if I really love myself the right way, the way that Abba loves me then, you know, we're going to have a good relationship because he's going to feel something coming from me that's real. It's not plastic. He doesn't have to feel uncomfortable or strange or weird. It's like, no, we could talk about man stuff. We could talk about boy stuff. We can, you know, lay things out. He he has someone he can go to if he ever needs, you know, a, a, a big brother figure or, or a person that's got shachma, that's got the wisdom of life because he's been the biggest failure, the chief of sinners. I definitely was the lowest of the low. But if you don't learn when you're at rock bottom reality, all the lessons that Abba has for you, then you're probably going to go out out as a fool and not be someone that a young person, a young man that's, that's going into fatherhood and marriage and all this is going to be able to respect So that's why a lot of people call me dad, you know, and now I'm grandpa to a lot of extra kids because Eva now knows me as grandpa after this, this week. And I don't want to be a fool grandpa, the grandpa that, you know, like my grandpa Edgar, he drank until his dying day in his 80s, you know, and I came to find out the guy was raping my mom since she was a little girl. An evil man. Pathetic. When I was a little boy and I, my grandpa used to have to babysit for me and we'd go over by Grandma Elsie who used to beat up my grandma too, right? When we'd go to stay at that little trailer only three miles from here in Keel, Wisconsin, right in the backyard of where I am right now, my grandpa used to beat my grandma up and used to babysit for us. I can't believe my dad, when I look back on it, that my dad would even let us stay with this freak show. That was my grandpa, Edgar Bartz. Not Grandpa Rice. Grandpa Rice had his own problems with drinking, but he's, he had the last 20 years of his life sober. He got sober in his 60s. Grandpa Edgar never got sober. He died a miserable man. Sad story.
Really a sad story. So it's your legacy. You can choose every one of you out there. How do you want to be remembered? You know? Now, remember, when it's all said and done and the world ends, we're not going to remember. I'm not going to remember Grandpa Edgar. I'm not going to remember Grandma Elsie. Unless Grandma Elsie makes it to Shamaim, right? If she's in the heavens and all of a sudden, you know, I get there and uh, I see her, man, I'm going to be pumped. Because I was a little boy. She was, you know, she died when I was eight years old. So I never got to really have a lot of time with that grandma. So we got to decide, you know, what kind of legacy are we going to leave? Are we going to make an impact for good? Are we going to be a force for good? Because what does it end with? It says, 2 Timothy 3.17, it says, that the man of Elohim might be fitted, equipped for every good work. You know, the cup that I drink from every day that I got from Good Sam's for free as a bonus for spending $700 at their store, says be good and do good. You know, and it's got a little halo over the G, right? Like, be good. You got a choice today. You're either going to want to do good or you're going to want to do evil. When I was singing I'm on a highway to hell by ACDC and, you know, smoking weed, tripping on acid, doing crystal meth, smoking cocaine, snorting cocaine, slamming a bottle of Jack Daniels a day, sleeping with every woman I could. Some, the worst I ever did was five in a day. I don't think I was doing good. That doesn't sound very good. That wasn't good work. My works were evil. So when we look at the Galatians 5, and how it flips from, it gives you a paragraph of all the, the people that are not going to inherit the kingdom. They're not going to make it. I was in that, in that paragraph. What happens in our faith once we start growing is we go from that paragraph to the next paragraph where we start living a life of love, a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, long-suffering or, or, or patience, and self-control. All these good things, these good fruits, are what happens when we transform. So it doesn't matter where you've been in the past. All that matters is what you're going to do about it now, today. Are you going to make a decision? You're going to look to the, to the Shamayim, you're going to look to the heavens, and you're going to say, I'm ready for a change. I, I, I can't keep living that way. I want to be the greatest dad in the world. I want to be the greatest grandpa in the world. I want to be the greatest mom in the world. Because this world is screwed up. Who else is going to influence your kids? 
you know, a lot of parents are complaining about what's going on in the public school, but you got to realize the main place they're getting their education is from you before they ever get to school. You know? So if we got naughty kids, did the school make them naughty? Or did you make the biggest impact? Because I'm going to tell you something. The way you are today, and this is a, a study on, on psychology, and, and it's, it's been studied for years, and it matches right up with the scriptures, which is so cool about it. But the majority of how we think right now, every one of us as adults, the majority of our thoughts that go through our head on a daily basis, they were started and strongly, that's why they're called strongholds, they were strong in us before we were 10. Most of the ways that we think were developed before we were 10 years old, and guess what? Yeah, some of it was at public school, but the majority came from where you lived. So all the sexual, weird, crazy abuse, the physical abuse, the mental abuse, the emotional abuse, everything I went through before 10 years old, that was what made up the way that I was as an adult. Here's the good news, and we're supposed to preach the good news, right? The good news is I don't have to stay that way. I can cross over. I can do the Galatians 5 tra crossover and go from the guy that's not going to inherit the kingdom to the guy who is going to inherit the kingdom. And I'm inheriting the kingdom today. Why? Because I made a decision to do it. I challenge you today. Make a decision. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be super dad. I'm going to be super grandpa. I'm going to be the best friend to people out there that I could ever be. And I'm not going to compromise my integrity. I'm not going to compromise my morals, my values, my ethics. Nothing, no compromises. I am standing for righteousness, and that's it. I'm going to do what's right, do what's right, do what's right. I remember when I first got clean and I was going to Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, and they said, well, how do you know what, what God's will is? How do you know what God's will is? It's real simple. The next right thing. The next right thing. That's what you've got to always remember. Well, what do I got to do next? The next right thing. As long as you're going to think about, well, what's right? As long as it lines up with love and loving your neighbor, loving Yahweh, every, everything else hangs on those two things. So that's my little section for Love Tove today. It's getting late. I should have been done by now, but uh, Scribe uh, introduced me a little late, so I'll blame it on him. <laughs> but I love you guys, and I appreciate you, and I'm really glad that you were able to get this master's message today. And I will just uh, play a jam here and then ask if uh, Yummy Yummy will uh, pray us out after I turn it back to Scott Scribe Pratt. If he wants to add any yamentary to my yamentary on Second Timothy three fifteen through 17, you can do it. And you are welcome to it. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and uh, let's, let's do uh, My Soul Sings here by Exodus Road. This, is, this woman's got a beautiful voice. 
And this this really is what how I'm feeling is that uh my soul sings.
the chaos and noise, teach me to rejoice. I need to hear you, let me hear your voice. Through the chaos and noise, teach me to Well, I apologize, yeah. Scribe. That wasn't that wasn't my soul sings. I I hit the wrong button and I did the song underneath it. That was called "Let Me Hear Your Voice," which is uh, <laughs> done by the males in the band of Exodus Road instead of the female. But uh, it is equally a great song. A lot of great jams from Exodus Road. I'm really glad we stumbled across them a couple months ago. Uh, I'd never heard of them before. There are a lot of good songs coming off from Exodus Road. I would agree with you. I really, 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 really wish there was a way to get back in touch with Street Conference Call and suggest demand. They add some more buttons so they've got a better search engine within the platform. What they got going well, on yeah. now is not good. Well, yeah. we're um, making it work with what we got, you know? Well, I, yeah. Um, it's been improved quite a bit already, so they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, but they take a, they they took some stuff out that was really good, and left you with you know unsearchability. But anyway, that's just a gripe. Well, let's pray for freeconferencecall.com today. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah, Yami, you want to pray us out? Is Yami still with us? Well, she is. I don't know. Um, Yami is not muted. Anyway, hallelujah. I'll be on the name of Yeshua. We just thank you for today. We thank you for your guidance in helping us start our day. Yeah, we just ask that. We walk in your shachma today. We walk in your ruach, that we share it as we go, that nobody is safe from it, Abba, that we that, that we leave it in our wake, that we leave you somewhere, somehow, in our wake, knowing that you continually go with us, but that the room be in, be in, that the rooms that we enter and leave. would have your presence reside in them. In the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. And amen. We will...
The tender touch of your hand Moves my soul to sing The greatness of your love Is beyond understanding What did I do That you should mind me How did I find favor with my King? My soul sings, my soul sings for the love of my King. My soul sings, my soul sings, I love you, my King. My soul sings. Hard to believe 